good to be back in the house of our Lord with you, the beloved of God. We'll be back in First John today. I kind of want to recap maybe a little bit the this epistle what we what we see here in chapter one. He tells us that which was from the beginning. The Word of Life, Christ, the Logos, the Logic, the Word. Logic stems from that Word. I don't, I don't want to start preaching on the wrong thing, but I'm a big fan of that. But it'll make sense when we get into our text today. And then the purpose of this epistle in First John chapter 1, verse 4, that our joy may be full. So this is for our joy, that it may be full, complete. In every chapter of 1 John, love is mentioned. Chapter 1, sorry, except for chapter 1. <laughs> love is mentioned, it mentions the love of the world, which is the wrong love. We don't, we don't want that. Um, that's, that's the uh, antithesis of God's love, love of the world. That love defined is the sacrifice of Christ. We know love because the children of God manifest itself for each other. We know God because we have that love. We are known. In chapter 4, we're jumping back in in verse 7, going down to verse 11. And this epistle continually, the more I've learned, the more I understand, and I've I'm just continually blown away by what's contained in such a short text. Some people say it's a summary of the Gospel of John, and there's a lot of very, a lot of very similarities in, the, in both of these. Obviously, it's the same author, but if you want to know what love is, read First John. If you want to know you're a child of God, read First John. Why? So your joy may be full. Today, I don't know, it's just been particularly awesome. As I was preparing this morning for this and speaking with Josh about it, just kind of taken back how, how awesome, how immense this, these four verses are. So I'll read it. If you're able, please stand with me as we give honor to God's words. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we all we also ought to love one another. Mighty God, we come into Your presence again. Thank You so much for this day, for this help, the ability to be here to worship You in spirit and in truth. We thank You for this portion of text. Let it be illumined to our hearts, let it be manifested. 
in our lives. Lord, use me in spite of me. Lord, help me to explain your faith. Help us to understand it better this morning. We love you and we praise your holy name. As our children said, Amen. Verse 7, beloved, so again, John showing his pastoral care. It's a little deeper than that. Beloved, agapetos, Greek, agape, the highest form of love, is charitable love. Love without all is just because, just because. Beloved. Agape. Beloved, obviously, boy, means declared. Beloved, those declared love by God, the declared ones. We've been declared by love by God, sacrificially loved by God. Love is the essence of God, mercy, grace, product of love. Product of His love for us. No particular reason that he chose to. We were adopted into the household of God because of love. You think of adoption as taking on someone that you have no, you don't know them. You chose to love them. If you look back in the Roman adoption, and I encourage every one of you to go learn about the Roman idea of adoption. It's totally different than how we see it now. Uh, the kids were older. Um, they weren't. Uh, like, like we literally have no idea about our kids. They were looked into and chosen for a whole different reason to be adopted, and I encourage you to look into that. We were adopted as children. We're heirs. We're heirs of Christ because of love. We're being sanctified. We're being conformed to the image of Christ because of love. Love is Gothic. Specifically, loved one. Let us love one another. Love is of God. Agape, sacrificial, charitable love. There's different kinds of love. I have love for Josh that I obviously don't have for my children or my wife. It's different. I love him as much. Let us have selfless love towards one another, towards the beloved, right? The beloved loves the beloved. Let's look at Philippians 2. Two through five. Fulfill my joy being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Love. Selfless love. Looking out for one another's interests. I see that a lot here. In this church. Romans fourteen nineteen. 
tells us to pursue the things make for peace and the things of, which may edify one another. Why? Because of love. Love is granted to the ones that are in need of love, not necessarily the ones that are easy to love. Christ even instructed us to love who our enemies. Pretty heavy there, right? I don't even like them, but I gotta love them. And that's sometimes it's easier to love somebody than to like them. I heard a giggle, but no amen. <laughs> what do you do, right? The love is of God. This inner Trinitarian love has no beginning, no end. God is the source of love. There can be no concept of love apart from, from God. The love of God is reflected in us. You, could, you know, the atheist would say, I love someone, but you know what? Not fully. Atheists can love someone because he was hard in his job. Not the way we know God. He knows God is good. He's the author of all things. Love is one of those things. Love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So by nature, being an adopted child of God, this love was shown to us. This love of God will be reflected in us. I don't know. We've talked about, I'm, I'm like obsessed with the moon and the sun. And we talked about this before in Genesis. Uh, it says, uh, you know, the greater and the lesser light. And, and, you know, it's kind of an analogy, but we've used this before. The God being the greater light, us the lesser, we're called light in the scriptures. The lesser light, the sun and the moon. The, the moon is a reflection of, of the sun. It's reflecting that light. And we're in, in a sense the same way. And, and the thing, the thing that changes or, or gets in the way of that reflection of God is the world. So the more the world's in the way, it's just like the moon. You see a little bit of a moon, you see a big moon. You know, we had the harvest moon, what, Friday? It changes. And John warns us, don't, don't love the world. Don't let the world block out that light that's being reflected in you. By nature, we love. We love Him, we will be like Him. Children imitate their parents. The term is born, not it means begotten, of birth. Extensive is perfect passive. Everyone of God is saved in the past. It happened before you were even a thought of them to God. It continually already happened. It's a continuation of all right here tonight. The believer, the divinely loved ones, will, will divinely love. God's love is vertical. A love for God is vertical, but it's also horizontal. 
I love his sacrificial outward. Agape. Verse 8 here. He who does not love does not know God. God is love. In contrast, the one that does not demonstrate this sacrificial love is not a child of God. The scribes, the Pharisees, they knew a lot about God, but they didn't know Him. They knew of Him. They liked to look like they knew Him. They tithed and prayed. They went to church. They were religious without religion. Christ wasn't easy on them. On what lost sepulchers. First Corinthians. Oh, I don't want to turn here. One. Oh, thirteen, I'm sorry. Thirteen one. Greatest gift. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I have become a thing, brass or symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love. It profits me nothing. Love suffers, love long in its time. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, does not provoke, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in what truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, we know. We prophesy in part that which is perfect has to come, and that which in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as child as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And now we see in a mirror dimly. Then the face to face. Now I know in part, but I shall know just as I am known. Now abide in faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Paul dropped it home right there, didn't he? The greatest is love. The greatest is agape, selfless love. James tells us. Faith apart from works is dead. John telling basically the same thing. Faith without love is dead. You know love, K-N-O-W, no God. No love, N-O, no God. Pretty simple, right? We uh, have this idea of taking the God's name in vain. Vain's out without meaning. This idea, which I don't disagree with at all, is ascribing his name to some sort of explicitive in your speech. 
There's also a worse way that we take God's name in vain. You cannot say I'm a child of God and not have a God they love. The child of God naturally does this. It's not hard. You take on the name Christ and you have not love. You have not these works that James talks about in vain. You've taken the Lord's name in vain. You've taken on the name of Christ. You say, I'm a Christian, little, little Christ. You've taken his name in vain. I think that's a greater sin than a word. <laughs> Said out of mostly complete ignorance. How? God is love. God is the standard of love. God is the essence of love. Christ is the physical embodiment of love. The Holy Spirit is the applicator of love. The beloved are imitators of all three. All selfless. In this, the love of God was manifested. Eliaius means accomplished or perfect in Greek. Complete. Perfect and complete love of God. Shown love by sending his son. Why? That we might live through him. We are alive in Christ. And we see the dead in sin. The accomplished love of Christ. That which was from the beginning. But how? Sin must be dealt with, right? The way of sin is what? Death. God the Father poured out His wrath that we deserved on His Son. He didn't. The only sinless one became sin for us. And this love, not that we love God, but He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation of our sins. And this is love. And this act manifested by Christ is love toward us. A sacrifice of His own Son. And he loved from all eternity, this perfect love that just existed between the Trinity. God created us to have more to love. Bring glory to him. He loved us from all eternity. Not that we love God, but we're enemies of God. So what did he do? He loved us in spite of us. You've heard that term. God's love is overflowing. I think there's a song about it. There should be. I don't know. But it's inaccurate. It may be an opinion, but I think even that song, Boundless, love is overflowing. That would imply that there should be a boundary of some sort, right? There's a bowl overflowing. You don't want to fill it up past that. God uh, exceeds nature's boundaries. 
That's what we do. We put boundaries on everything. We like we like to make God in our image. There's no boundary. Our blood is limitless. It's complete from beginning to end. Cannot be contained. Cannot be withdrawn. That he loved us. To not have loved God if he first did not love us. Impossible. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So he sent the son, the son took it willingly. He willingly took the wrath of God on our behalf, pleasing God, paying our debt, which is the propitiation. The debt was owed, Christ paid it, out of love, God's love for us. Sin must have been dealt with, out of Christ's love for the Father and us. He dealt with the sin. The Holy Spirit's love for us, He applied it to us. What was Christ's final word? Holy God. The Telestai. The Teleos. You see it? You in that? Complete. Tele means from afar off. And rooted and connected. You think of a telephone. I can talk to somebody from afar off, but I'm, I'm connected here. Rooted here. The telestide is finished. That which was grounded in eternity past with love is completed in Christ's sacrifice. This completion, nothing can be added, right? He said, it is finished. Entered Trinitarian love bestowed upon us it's completed in Christ's sacrifice. So nothing can be added to that, right? It's finished. We like to try to add stuff to it. Love plus, works plus, go to church plus, say a prayer plus. It's finished. It's over. Completion. Love complete. Not love overflowing. We've heard it said there's all you know, all paths lead to God. I think it was Oprah who made that popular, right? I'll just tell you right now, that's absolutely true. You believe me? All paths will lead you to God the judge. It's only one path to God the Father. Christ said in John 14, no one comes to the Father except by me. God loves us from eternity, completely, from eternity past, 
all the way up through the crucifixion, all the way to now, and all the way into eternity, completely. Not overflowing of consent. The plan was tele from afar off, but grounded in love. What's our response? Verse 11. Beloved, God so loved us, we all love one another. I don't really know I could expound on that a whole lot more. It's pretty simple. God loved us completely. Eternity past, eternity future. I don't really know how how to to add anything to that. We respond in love, sacrificially in love, toward one another. Agape. I was really taken back by this this morning. Just to think. Knowing the fallen humanity would do what we did. And knowing what a fallen person I am, but not in the eyes of God, and the things that I still do, still think. But His love is complete in me, and in you, the child of God. I don't know how on earth we could ever wrap our minds around. The straight truth, and I really don't know how I could wrap my mind around it being in His presence, but I know it would be a lot better. If the world could somehow just apply this truth, I don't really have to believe it. I mean, people buy lies all the time, and it would be much easier to buy a truth. Think of where we would be. People are wishing. President did, not just before he got sick, but all the time. I don't know that I've ever disliked anyone as much to wish them dead. I mean, if they're a believer, they'd be better off. <laughs> I still wouldn't wish them dead. Today we're going to take a communion. We talked about doing it every week, and I thought, I don't want it to be something where we just go through the motions. And we talked about it more, and we come to the conclusion that not only did Christ say this, but often in remembrance of me, that it's a chance for reflection in this great love of God that He had for us. And then the Scriptures tell us, don't come before the table unworthy in an unworthy manner. And honestly, we're all unworthy of this great love. But first John also tells us to confess our sins, and that's what we do before the communion. We confess our sins and we just and faithful to forgive us. So before we do this, just consider this and you know, there's things in all of our lives. I mean, I sit there every time he says, don't come unworthy. I'm like, well, I'm not knowing. <laughs> you know, it's, 
It's a time of reflection, a time of confession right before you come up here to unload it, give it to God, move forward and partake of the Lord's Supper, the breaking of the bread. Holy Communion. So it's special and it is holy. Father God, we hope you can come to your presence. And I pray that this word would go out and accomplish all you put it forth today. Lord, bless the people, your children of God, as we leave today. Let us manifest this agape love in our lives. Love and we praise you. Let's go to the